Hello and welcome. You're listening to Search for Truth, your Bible study program with teacher Brian Johnston. I'm delighted you can join us. This time we're looking with Brian at chapter 14 of Mark's Gospel and we're moving closer to the time when Jesus will accomplish his mission here on earth. Mark describes two occasions when Jesus meets with his disciples for two separate meals and Brian's called his talk today Reclining at Table for that reason. So let's follow our study now with Brian. Thanks John. I recall once hearing about a Chinese guy who proposed to his girlfriend inside a heart-shaped collection of no less than 99 boxed brand new iPhones that he'd bought for $94,000 in order to make an impression. Sadly for him, it didn't. And I never did see the logic of it, but it was presumably intended as a lavish, if misguided way, to show his devotion. In a moment, as we read in Mark's Gospel, we'll encounter an unforgettably lavish expression of devotion that will be eternally appreciated. Meals out can be enjoyable, and sometimes even dramatic. In chapter 14, Mark takes us to two dinner parties with a difference. At one, Jesus is adored, and at the other, he's betrayed. This is the way Mark introduces us to the events surrounding Jesus' death. Could it be that even in these contrasting meal table settings, we're meant to begin to realise that Jesus' death forces us all to take sides. But let's not be late in joining the first dinner party. Verse 1. Now the Passover and unleavened bread were two days away, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to seize him by stealth and kill him. For they were saying, not during the festival, otherwise there might be a riot of the people. While he was in Bethany, at the home of Simon the leper, and reclining at the table, there came a woman with an alabaster vial of costly perfume of pure nard, and she broke the vial and poured it over his head. But some were indignantly remarking to one another, Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for over three hundred denarii, and the money given to the poor. And they were scolding her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you bother her? She has done a good deed to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you wish you can do good to them, but you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burial. Truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached, in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went off to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And they were glad when they heard this, and promised to give him money, and he began seeking how to betray him at an opportune time. Mark, as he writes this chapter, sprinkles it with references to the Jewish feast of Passover. You'll note the references in verses 1, 12 and 16, for example. The Jewish feast of Passover commemorated the time when God, by the hand of Moses, rescued his people from their slavery in the land of Egypt. As well as an actual historical event, the Bible writers treat it as an analogy for other times of God's deliverance. In particular, it was the prototype of a greater rescue that someone greater than Moses would bring about. But more on that later, for we need to get back to the first special mealtime in Mark chapter 14. It was held at Bethany, 
And John, in his gospel, reminds us that this is where Lazarus and his sisters lived. Lazarus, we remember, was the man whom Jesus raised from the dead. Mark's interest isn't about the menu, but the meal was significant for something sensational that happened during it. A woman, John tells us that it was Mary, took a jar containing very expensive perfume and broke it and poured the perfume over Jesus, over his head. The guests complained about the sheer extravagance of this act. The value of this perfume, which was an aromatic oil from an East Indian plant, was roughly speaking a year's wages. Think of that! In the United Kingdom, a recent estimate of the average yearly salary is in the region of £27,000. This woman didn't hold back. She broke the container and she broke the bank as she poured out all the fragrant contents lavishly upon Jesus. The Lord Jesus appreciated it. He really appreciated it. He wasn't someone to hold anything back. His surrender of himself to the will of God at the cross ensured that God's love is lavished on every one of us who takes Jesus as his or her personal saviour. Jesus being our rescuer from the slavery of the guilt of our sinful habits and practices. But then the spotlight falls on another individual guest at the meal table. Elsewhere we read, he was the one to give us the valuation of the worth of the perfume, although he only offered it by way of criticism, saying it would have been better to have given it to poor people. Not that Judas, for he's the speaker at this point, not that Judas wished to help the poor, but only to have opportunity to divert it into his own pocket. Later we'll discover his true evaluation of Jesus was 30 silver coins, the price of a mere slave. Even as Jesus defends the woman's actions in terms of preparing him for his burial, Judas slips away from the meal with the decision now firm in his mind that he wants to betray Jesus. He went to the chief priests, who'd been thinking that the festival time was not the best of times to act against Jesus, But let's repeat what we said earlier. Mark sprinkles this chapter with references to the Jewish feast of Passover. What an irony! Those who are plotting to take Jesus' life had rejected this date in their fickle plans. But Mark is revealing how Jesus was in control of his own destiny, in full accord with God's sovereign will. Jesus, the ultimate Passover sacrifice, was indeed scheduled to die at this time. The religious leaders who are plotting against Jesus are grateful for Judas' offer to betray Jesus and are now waiting for an opportunity, as yet still uncertain of exactly when. But on the other hand, Jesus knows this and has his plans already made, as the disciples discover. Now from verse 12. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he himself will show you a large upper room furnished and ready, prepare for us there. The disciples went out and came to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. 
As they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be grieved and to say to him one by one, Surely not I. And he said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who dips with me in the bowl. For the Son of Man is to go just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. This now is the second dinner party, or more properly, the annual religious meal of roast lamb, the Passover lamb commemoration. The feel we get from Mark is that everything is under control. It's similar to Jesus' entrance into the city of Jerusalem the previous Sunday. At that time, you remember, he had foreseen the disciples finding a colt, the foal of a donkey, for his use. Again, it's all anticipated. The disciples go and meet, as predicted, a man carrying a water jar who directs them to a room already furnished and ready. It's there that Jesus sits down for this very special meal with his disciples, with the twelve. For the second time, in the opening verses of Mark chapter 14, Jesus is once again reclining at table. This was, of course, the table etiquette in those days, as we might have learnt from our Latin or history classes at school. We're told now that to sit bolt upright is best, but in those days they reclined at table. This was long before fast food was invented and meals were much more leisurely. Now, if the adoring woman was singled out at the first meal occasion, this time, as we heard in our reading, it's Judas, the betrayer, who's singled out. However, what follows is far more important. Verse 22, while they were eating, he took some bread, as Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to them and said, take it, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. If ever there was a shock announcement at a meal table, this was it. When Jesus took bread and announced, This is my body, he was identifying himself with the ultimate sacrifice that had long been pictured in the Passover lamb. Christ, our Passover, was to die for our sins. As an evaluation, £27,000 now seems cheap. Isaac Watts in his hymn puts it well, Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small.
As usual, I remind you that there's the book which contains all the transcripts of the talks. And it's yours for the asking. If you'd like a copy, just write in by post or email. We'd also be pleased to hear any comments or questions you might have after listening to Brian today. I'll be giving you the contact details shortly if you've got a pen and paper to hand. Uh, the talk you've heard today, though, is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. Anyway, to obtain uh, the book, simply ask for Take Your Marks Gospel, and you can do this by email or by post. Here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And did you know also that by looking up churchesofgod.info forward slash media, you'll find our church's main website. And once you're there, you can download actual programmes, their transcripts, as well as accessing other helpful material. Anyway, that's uh, nearly all we have for today, unfortunately, but I hope you found the study helpful and interesting. Please join us again next week, if you can, for more teaching from Mark's Gospel. But until then, it's cheerio, as usual, from our Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me. So, very best wishes and may God richly bless you. See